This is Screen Beam's Collaborative Tech Talks, discussing collaboration and better communication in the places where we learn the most. When a brand becomes synonymous with the product they've created, it's called an eponym. So Kleenex, Q-Tip, Scotch Tape, these are all brand names who created a product so revolutionary, it became the gold standard. The same could be said for Screen Beam's Miracast technology. We'll discuss that today with Mike Ellenberger, Vice President and General Manager at Screen Beam. Mike, welcome to the first Collaborative Tech Talk podcast. Thank you, Shelby. It's so exciting to be here. Well, so to kick things off, let's kind of set the scene for ScreenBeam. Could you give us a quick overview of the company? Yeah, absolutely. So ScreenBeam was actually part of Action Tech Electronics, a company that's been in business for over 25 years and recently became an independent company focused completely on wireless display and collaboration. And we've actually been doing that work since 2011 with the really specific goal of providing the most flexible wireless display and collaboration platform out there. Having been in the wireless display business for as long as we have and having deployed hundreds of thousands of rooms with wireless display We've learned a lot. We've spent a lot of time listening to customers and understanding what they're trying to do in their meeting spaces, how they need to be able to integrate, how they need to have specific problems solved when you know you talk about the different types of users and the different types of rooms and the different types of devices that are coming in and access and all that type of stuff. And we've really built just a fantastic uh, solution for the market. Absolutely. And you hit a key point there that the sheer number of solutions, the problems that need to be solved with a variety of equipment and everything that goes into that, that's a tall tale, a tall task. Sorry. <laughs> it that's, is. That <laughs> is, exactly. Because, it's a very tall task. Well, yes, because, you know, it, it can seem a little bit overwhelming for, especially for, you know, maybe a new client coming in that realizes that they need a solution, but there is so much technology available and and it can be a little bit head spinning as far as, okay, what exactly do I need? Yeah. You know, the first thing is, is that what we do and the most important thing is to deliver an excellent experience to any user walking into any room. And whoever is responsible for deploying wireless display or collaboration or any other types of technologies uh, into meeting spaces um, within these organizations, that should be their first and most important priority. Um, and so we've solved all the tough problems of, okay, well, what do I do if it's an employee coming in versus a guest coming in? And what if they're using a Windows device versus an Apple device um, or an Android device? And how do I make sure that everything's secure and it's easy to use? And so we've really gone the extra miles to get to that point to make it easy to use. ScreenBeam is a completely app-free solution. So right out of the gate, regardless of whatever device users are bringing into these meeting spaces or even stand-up spaces in the middle of an office, when they need to be able to connect, they're just simply using the built-in Miracast technology, which is part of Windows 10. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about the Microsoft relationship and the history of Miracast as we get deeper into this podcast, um, or they're using native AirPlay with their iOS or macOS devices, or even using the Google Cast protocol nowadays for some Android devices, but also we're seeing more Chromebooks coming in, not just on the education side of our business, but we're also seeing a number of our enterprise customers deploying Chromebooks into their workforce as well. So we truly, truly are a universal solution 
totally app-free, integrate into any room. And what's really great is the flexibility is there. It's not just about connecting a wireless display platform to a display, um, but we also support interactive touch panels. Uh, we can connect into UC systems. So if you're building out a Zoom room or a Microsoft Teams room, we can solve the front-end connection problem in those spaces. If you have rooms with automation or switching, we can connect into there. So really from you know small huddle spaces to meeting rooms to the largest boardrooms, even lecture halls um, where our technology is deployed, the experience is always the same for the user. When you have employees that are walking into rooms, when you have guests that are walking into rooms anywhere within your organization, they always do the same thing to connect. They always just use the native wireless potential or feature of whatever device they're using. Well, we're going to have a lot to talk about in this series because there are so many permutations of of what's possible. So I guess let's go ahead and maybe address the listeners here and set the stage for what listeners should expect from this podcast. Our hope is really to connect with people who have a role in making their companies more collaborative. Um, in fact, that's why we named our podcast, you know, Collaborative Tech Talk. We want to connect with IT administrators, AV designers, AV integrators, anybody on the AV engineering side that's involved in creating meeting spaces. There's so much happening now where these spaces are changing and the needs of the spaces um, are changing. And so we're really looking to take this podcast to the next level and bring on all sorts of guest speakers, you know, that would be authorities in our field. And over time, really, we want to create a community that listens because we're really considered a great go-to source for information. So you're not just going to hear about ScreenBeam. You're really going to be hearing and participating and becoming part of a community um, that connects through this podcast to become informed and to share information. So let's go back a few steps and talk about ScreenBeam as a company. Tell me a little bit about the founding story of ScreenBeam, where it came from and how it's been a go-to source in the Pro-AV and wireless solutions market. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we got started in, oh gosh, 2011 with this amazing vision for wireless display technology. Um, I could tell an amazing story about, you know, how we all got together and collaborated in a Silicon Valley boardroom and we saw the trends in technology changing. You know, video compression was really becoming better and better and better and the Wi-Fi technology was advancing. And we really just started kind of mapping our course. We really saw that devices essentially were gonna be shedding all of their cables and everything was gonna be wireless. And of course we felt like video and display was gonna be wireless as well. So in the early days, we actually partnered with Intel to develop the core technology, which at that time, Intel had this thing called Intel Wi-Di, um, but we were both moving in the same direction. Um, and so together we influenced the Wi-Fi Alliance, which is the standards body um, because we believe that ultimately for a technology like this to truly be useful, it couldn't be proprietary. It had to be standards based. It had to be something that just anybody could access. Um, and then when you walked into a room to use the technology, you didn't have to figure out, okay, well, what app do I need with special drivers? And so by having a standard ratified, that really was an absolute game changer in the industry. And so ultimately we saw the ratification of the Miracast standard come to life. And that was just a phenomenal piece of history here for the screen beam business. But what we learned along the way was even though that there was a standard, there was still an application required at the time. And it was an application that Intel was delivering to the market called Intel Wide-Eye. And they were providing it for PCOEMs to essentially deliver as a feature 
um, on Windows-based devices. And it worked great, and it really started to grow and get better and better and better. But, you know, we knew that the apps were going to be a problem, and we were hearing it from customers. And so we started to work very closely with Microsoft. And between Intel, ScreenBeam, and Microsoft, we all made this decision that this technology would be much better suited to be part of the native operating system, which we now know as Windows. And now it's a standard feature across all Windows devices. And so that just means that your performance, um, of course, is gonna be great because it's something that Microsoft is managing. Um, we work very closely with Microsoft. Um, in fact, we have this very, very unique designation that few companies in the world actually have um, we are Microsoft's co-engineering partner for wireless display. And what that means is that we actually work with the engineering team that owns the Windows operating system, and we contribute to the advancement of wireless display, of features and functionalities that are built in around wireless display. Um, over the last couple of years, we've helped to implement this touchback capability, which is enabling you to not only connect wirelessly to essentially cast your screen in a room, uh, but also to be able to support connectivity to an interactive touch panel in the front of a room. And so now you have full interactivity totally without wires. In 2012, we delivered the first Wi-Fi certified Miracast receiver for Windows devices. And today, we're the only vendor in the world to support enterprise class Miracast. And that enterprise class Miracast works for all modern and most legacy Windows devices. I mean, this is the gold standard. ScreenBeam making it app-free technology is is really groundbreaking. And I guess I, I, I want to underline that a little bit because that shows, I guess, the level of expertise and and really grounding in the industry. We're a company that that innovates, that adds value. You know, you're not going to see products from ScreenBeam that are, you know, predicated on somebody else's reference design that we're just trying to market under a brand name. Um, we really truly are adding tremendous amounts of value and going back to the Miracast piece because it's so important. You know, almost 80% of the users out there are using Miracast to do wireless display. Um, and we have invested years and years and years and millions upon millions of dollars in building up our Miracast stack, which is part of our IP that we deliver um, with the ScreenBeam platforms that go to market every single day. Um, there's just a huge difference between what you get with a commercial ScreenBeam Miracast platform and anything else in the market. And it really comes down to it's got to be super reliable. The quality has got to be has got to be there. And if you take a consumer grade type of solution and try to stuff it into an enterprise environment, what you're going to find is you might not even be able to discover the devices because it's highly saturated Wi-Fi environments or you may suffer from frequent disconnects or you may get, you know, really high latency and really high lag. We've solved all those problems with our commercial AGO Miracast stack that's only available through ScreenBeam. And really looking into the future, which is something we spend a lot of time doing and we do it through our customers and through our partnership, we have a lot of great things in our roadmap. So we're working tirelessly to continue to advance this technology and the ScreenBeam implementation to continue to make sure that you know, it truly is easy to use. Never forget the customer. Never forget the end user walking into a room. 
all of the great technology that's behind it. That's to benefit the experience of the user, that they walk into the room, they tap, they connect, everything just works flawlessly for them. And then everybody's got a great experience. Right. And it is about the experience and it's about the customer. And if you were to ever lose sight of that, then you're really kind of defeating the purpose. But this is something that is very much forefront at ScreenBeam and always thought about that the customer is always in mind. You clearly have an affinity for it. So uh, I wanted to uh, get into your background a little bit. Ma, how did you find your way to ScreenBeam and uh, and this industry? I've actually been with the company for 18 years. Um, so I've been here for quite a while and one of the great things about the leadership within this organization is that it's just so exciting to continue to press the boundaries and be in that value-added leadership technology um, motion. Um, and that's really what makes you know careers in Silicon Valley so exciting for me personally. It's really given me a great opportunity to spread my wings, you know, advance my career here with the company. I am the uh, vice president and general manager for the business, and so I run the global screen beam operation. Then I have responsibilities kind of in all corners of the business from product development, roadmap planning, support, marketing, sales, all of those organizations, you know, I'm part of influencing and managing. Before you came to ScreenBeam, what industry were you in? Before I came to ScreenBeam, a few years before, actually, I was an entrepreneur that had left tech for a couple of years. And I was with a consulting firm that specialized in working with small tech companies that were either getting started here in the U.S. or were coming in from other parts of the world looking to get their start in the U.S. And prior to that, I worked with a company that, interestingly enough, and similarly, um, had technology that was enabling devices to connect to TVs way back in the day um, when that wasn't something that was just obviously possible. So it's been almost like a 360 degree uh, circle coming back to this point. But obviously, the technology is just so much more useful uh, today than it's ever been. Let's talk about the industry because you're right. It is always changing and it's always evolving. And that's something that it's hard to keep track of you know, what is possible really. So tell me about ScreenBeam's background, uh, because I understand that the company evolved from a K-12 education industry into this solution for the market. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's interesting, you know, again, going back to the very early days of wireless display, you know, we were looking at all the challenges that were surrounding the technology and really looking for the right markets, you know, who would the early adopters be? And for many years, we focused heavily on K through 12 education customers worldwide. We've uh, installed probably somewhere in the neighborhood of about 400,000 classrooms um, around the world with wireless display with screen beam technology. And we learned a lot and we, we focused uh, very heavily on education and education is still a very, very important vertical for us. But obviously, we can't ignore um, the corporate market, and we see the corporate market growing. But we knew that the needs in the corporate market in the enterprise space were going to be significantly different than the needs you know, in education. I mean, clearly, the baseline of, yes, I need to be able to walk into a room and connect if I'm a teacher or I'm a presenter. I mean, all that is, is definitely the same. But when you talk about the environment, you know, a classroom is composed of a teacher and several students. And so we solve the problems of how do you connect the teacher and give them mobility so that they can really do their job and experience this pedagogical shift of, hey, I'm no longer chained to the front of the room. Now I can actually, you know, go out and engage with my students, um, which makes for better learning outcomes. And so we spent a lot of time doing that. Um, and honestly, we have multiple former educators, um, educational technologists that are on our staff because 
Um, we care a lot, we invest a lot in that space. But when it comes to the enterprise customer, their needs are very different. Yes, they need to connect, but they are dealing with the situation of they've got a lot of different room types. They've got all sorts of different devices that are out there. Yes, 80% of them are probably Windows devices. Yes, most of them are probably running Office 365, but they still have Mac OS users. They've got iOS users. They've got people that want to be able to use their own devices to come in and connect. And then you have the differentiation of I've got my employee community and those are devices that are allowed on my corporate network. And then I've got guests and other people that are coming in who are going to be not on my corporate network. And how do I get them connected? And so if they're Windows users, it's very simple because Miracast works as peer to peer. You're just connecting directly from the user device to the screen beam and you don't have to use the network. But if you're using any other type of a device and you're running AirPlay or you're running um, Google Cast protocol, those do require connecting to the network. And so now companies are faced with these horrible choices of, okay, where do I deploy this solution? Do I deploy it on the corporate network? If so, how do I create access? How do I enable access for guests um, to be able to connect? And it's a 100% requirement for all customers that virtually any device that walks into a room can connect um, without having any real heavy duty switching requirements or you know putting any onus on the user coming into the room. So you started in K-12 and then uh, saw the immense need in, you know, in enterprise and corporate environments. What type of growth were we talking about when, when you're looking at the K-12 versus corporate? That was just emerging in terms of wireless offices and open offices and, and basically employees not being tethered to a desk anymore. That it was BYOD and you come in and should be able to connect to any room, any device, anything with any computer. So, I mean, that just, I feel like it went from zero to 60 in in milliseconds. I mean, the whole market is absolutely happening right now. And so it's interesting, according to recent reporting by Future Source Consulting, looking at 2018, corporate sales of wireless presentation system hardware grew 74% right? Versus the education market, which grew 26%. So both markets are doing phenomenally well. The great news is, is that education has been adopting this technology really aggressively for the last five years. So I would say that there's probably more saturation in the education space currently than there is in the corporate space. And the way that we see the market overall, we feel like it's probably somewhere around 3% saturated. And the numbers that we've seen um, lead us to believe that the intent to buy and deploy wireless display solutions is well over 50%. So there's a massive market opportunity, um, not just for ScreenBeam, but for our partners and companies um, that work in this industry that are deploying these types of solutions. For us today, we've done a number of large scale projects, not just on the education side, and some of those customers are 5,000 or more rooms as a single customer. So they're really significant. There's a lot of yeah, a lot of uh, obviously coordination that you need to do and provide them with management tools and all the just white glove services that uh, ScreenBeam is so well known for. Uh, but we've done a number of large scale projects with companies like Microsoft. We're putting ScreenBeam into Microsoft's worldwide offices, um, Nestle, British Petroleum, Bain and Company. We work with uh, a number of multinational banks. This is fantastic customer, um, Societe Generale, which is a, a international bank based out of Paris and so many others. And so we take every single customer 
And we use that as an opportunity just to continue to learn and understand. And that's why when people deploy ScreenBeam products, as we continue to advance the, the product itself through firmware upgrades and then the product line itself, as we upgrade to new platforms, there's just so much ongoing benefit to continuing to work with us. Well, when you talk about education as an aggressive adopter, I mean, that's pretty exciting because... Yeah, I mean, when we were growing up, you wouldn't have ever expected that the education sector to be kind of an early adopter of technology. I know my teacher grasped onto her her chalkboard and chalk, you know, with, with iron fist. And so just that adoption in itself is remarkable, but it also, I'm sure, comes with challenges. So uh, when you're looking at this type of new technology and deploying that um, on such a large scale basis, what were some of those initial challenges that uh, really needed to be addressed? There were a lot of challenges. You know, when the technology first came to market and we first developed, you know, the first prototypes of ScreenBeam and the first um, working prototypes of a Miracast-based wireless display receiver, you know, we saw everything from difficulty connecting to large lag times to mosaic video. A lot of what we do is really predicated on how well the user's device is working as well because we're depending on the Wi-Fi that's already inside of the client. So if I'm a Windows device user, I've already got a wireless chipset in there. And so now it's up to that vendor to be able to have the right level of support for interoperability with Miracast. And so some of the biggest challenges at the early stages were really just working through that with the wireless chipset vendors themselves first, um, which were companies like Intel, um, and Qualcomm and others that are out there, and I won't just name drop every silicon vendor, um, but then also with the PCOEMs as they were as they were um, deploying these types of solutions and providing them with support so that they could bring up their test lab when they do QA for a new product or they're qualifying a new driver that they're going to deploy to their installed customer base that they have the right equipment and they have the right test plan to ensure that the wireless display functionality um, is going to work. And as you can imagine, you know, especially the major brands, they care a lot. They spend a lot of time. They invest a lot of effort to ensure that when they deliver a device into the market, these types of features are working very, very well. So that was definitely a huge challenge to get past. And part of our working with Intel helped us a lot because we were able to really engage with the PCOEMs. And as we graduated towards the partnership and the co-engineering relationship with Microsoft, um, we became the gold standard for wireless display. And so when Microsoft took Miracast and included it into the operating system, um, not only did we work with them on making the technology work great, but also on supporting their customers and then being part of that whole test bed that happens in the industry as new products are coming up. Um, but not only new products, but when Microsoft is bringing out new versions of Windows, um, they're also testing the new builds of Windows against ScreenBeam as the gold standard for wireless display. And so today, all these years forward, thankfully, technology is very, very robust. It's super reliable. It's an enjoyable experience. It's a very, very easy experience for users, which again is the most important thing for us. And when you think about, okay, well, what am I gonna deploy? And how do I make some of these selection decisions? You gotta think, number one, apps are pretty much out of the question because managing apps and sending them downstream to your users and having them work with them and support them and train them on how to use them and then update the apps and make sure they're secure and run them through your MDM and all this type of stuff is, you know, it's just complicated. It just makes it more challenging. 
Um, so you have to support the users with their native stuff. And that's what Miracast does. That's what AirPlay does. That's what Google Cast does with all these devices. It's, it's just natively there and natively available. Mike, I got to ask you to peel the curtain back a little bit with Microsoft. I mean, how challenging was it to not only work with, I mean, to, to co-engineer with the giant and the OG that is Microsoft. Honestly, Microsoft is a tremendous partner. Microsoft really understood the value that we had in the industry. They understood how far along our technology was. They believed in Miracast, obviously, because they've invested heavily, heavily in it. They were able to see that we were delivering by far the best experience out there. And so it's kind of unique because really we're not a silicon vendor, right? We don't build chips that people put into other devices, which is generally the types of companies that Microsoft would be co-engineering with. So think of companies that build chips that are important, like Intel, like AMD, like NVIDIA, and those types of companies, those would be traditional co-engineering partners that Microsoft would work with. But they've been fantastic. That company has changed so much over the last 10 years and their leadership is just extraordinary, very open to partnerships. And so we've had a great, great experience working with Microsoft and we expect it to continue to go. There's so many cool things that we're planning and thinking about and collaborating with them on. It's, it's probably one of the, one of the more enjoyable sides of my role is being part of that imagineering, if you will, of, okay, where are we taking this? And let's make sure that we're not just building something to build it. Let's really make sure that we're understanding everyday needs of people who are using these devices and technologies and let's address them. Let's make them work really well. Let's make them be super intuitive. And Microsoft has just knocked it out of the park in that perspective, because when you use a Windows device to connect to a wireless display system, the experience is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm so glad you used the word Imagineering. I think that's exactly, you're right that that's the fun part because you're, you're not just building a widget. You're creating a solution for somebody and you're kind of literally getting into their head thinking like, okay, how easy is this? If I thought about all the different, like I said, permutations of what a customer wants, what a customer needs, and then being able to deploy that to any number of locations. Was that an initial challenge? Just uh, really understanding the customer's point of view and really grabbing hold of the solution that is absolutely customer friendly and centric. Yeah, absolutely. It's the customer drives everything as far as ScreenBeam is concerned. And, you know, some of our early customers that surprisingly did very sizable deployments of our technology, you know, were coming to us and saying, hey, we need it to do this and we need it to do that. Um, and our engineering team was able to respond and say, yes, we can do this. And here's the amount of time that we need to be able to start to implement these features or this functionality um, that you're looking for. And so we've been customer driven. We didn't just invent our user experience in a bubble. Honestly, I think credit goes to just the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of users that are out there that you know we try to tap into to really understand the things that they need. How do we really truly you know, solve your problems? Um, and that makes us better because our customers challenge us. They force us to be better. Uh, we don't just bring a box to the market and then try to sell it. You know, we're looking to build this lifelong relationship. We want to be able to have them come back over time and say, yeah, we really love the solutions that this company brings to market. Um, and we love having the opportunity to participate and share with them. Hey, here's the things that we're thinking about, right? So today, here's what customers are thinking about. Customers are thinking about, okay, number one, 
I'm probably changing a lot of the configuration of the way meeting spaces are in our company. We're, we're chopping large rooms into multiple small rooms. We're putting up huddle spaces. Just a lot of the dynamics of the physical space are changing. Uh, maybe a lot of the traditional type of meeting room equipment that they were using five or 10 years ago is being changed out to meet the more recent needs of the market. A lot of our customers are integrating unified communication systems into these meeting rooms and they're creating UC rooms. So you've got Microsoft Teams rooms, you've got Zoom rooms, you've got BlueJeans, you've got all sorts of different systems that are out there. And so they're integrating ScreenBeam into those rooms. So for instance, if I walk into a meeting room here at ScreenBeam, I'm going to connect by using my Windows device, or I might use my Android phone to connect and project or present inside of one of these rooms. If that room happens to be one of our UC rooms, that screen beam is essentially front-ending that UC system. So my user experience is the same regardless of the technology, but what's happening in that room is that that room is automatically becoming part of that meeting. It's running, uh, essentially running that meeting because it's a room resource. I, I can't even count the number of rooms already um, that have been deployed exactly in that manner. In fact, that's one of the things that Microsoft is doing in their deployment is deploying ScreenBeam with their Microsoft Teams room solution. You started to mention some of the things that are on the horizon for ScreenBeam. Can you share some of those uh, new models that are coming online and some of the solutions that we can look forward to in, say, the next six months, one year, two years? First of all, the new models in the portfolio today are the ScreenBeam 1100 and the ScreenBeam 1000. And the ScreenBeam 1100, we unveiled at Infocom this year, and we're really, really proud of its accomplishments. We saw it collect a Best Wireless Collaboration Award from Rave Publications, um, and it won a Best of Show from AV Technology Publications. So we're really, really just proud of what we've built and we've brought to market. And so for the next six months um, and on, you know, we're really focusing on continuing to provide great updates for those products. And we'll be adding some different features that come with just owning the ScreenBeam technology. But I don't think we're ready to make any major announcements now because we do have some pretty significant news that we'll probably be announcing at uh, ISE uh, in Europe this year. And then the ScreenBeam 1000 is our K through 12 version of our modern wireless display platform. And so you'll be hearing us talk about more things with regards to what's happening in the classroom. Um, we offer Classroom Commander, which is this really cool classroom orchestration software that goes along with the ScreenBeam 1000. Um, and we're now providing that at no cost for qualified K through 12 customers. So there's all sorts of really cool things happening there. But yeah, unfortunately, I can't give you the, I can't give you the scoop on the podcast. <laughs> I got to ask, I'm curious. So, I mean, you mentioned, of course, the K-12 solutions. Do you have kids, Mike? I do. Are they young? Are they still in K-12? through I have one that remains in, in K-12. My youngest daughter is, uh, is a sophomore in high school. Okay. So there's got to be some meta moment where you have gone up to the school or even she's talking about technology that's being used in the classroom. And you're like, yeah, I, I do that for a living. <laughs> That's mine. <laughs> Has there been anything like that? Yeah, actually, um, <laughs> you know, I've talked to, so when she was in uh, in grade school, I talked to the school about implementing a uh, screen beam uh, in their classrooms. And um, certainly they had uh, some interest uh, in doing that. So it's been interesting to just kind of engage with uh, my own kids' schools. And then as a uh, 
as my daughter went into high school and I've had the opportunity to meet with a couple of her teachers for over uh, now the last two years for parent-teacher nights, apparently my daughter has told their teachers that you need to have screen beam in the classroom because this device that you're using doesn't make a lot of sense. Now, they didn't personally promise AV and IT support from you personally, her dad, right? No, not at all. But yeah, so it's been fun. So we've actually sent some screen beams to uh, to their schools. And we have a lot of local schools in the area that are using our technology. So it's really fun to hear about. Um, I know a lot of kids where they're in a district, which is just completely standardized on using screen beam. And so I'll get into a conversation with them about school and I'll ask them, well, how do you like your classroom experience? And they'll talk about it. And inevitably, they'll talk about the teacher having wireless display and now how they're starting to let the students connect and do stuff with it as well. So it's really, really cool. It feels great to be part of that, playing a role in educating students in uh, in countries all around the world. It's not just here, but you know we've got uh, all over Asia and Japan and Europe and Australia and New Zealand and now Latin America. We've got all sorts of customers that are deploying these technologies in their schools. But you know, it's really the small things that add up. It's not the big things. We don't really take the credit for the outcome. We're just enabling something really cool to happen in education. And I think this also crosses over into corporate world as well. But in education, what happened was all this technology just started flying into the classroom. And that drove a lot of spending and a lot of implementation and all that type of stuff. But the big challenge was, is that there was a massive paradigm shift is that you went from having a teacher that was essentially free to roam around the classroom and work with students to somebody who was absolutely chained to the front of the room as a presenter. And we have teachers that call it being chained to their battle station. <laughs> and now you have this technology that allows you to put a modern device into a teacher's hands and he or she is free to roam around the room and continue to drive the instruction at the front of the room, but also interact individually with students. And there's a lot of studies about the level of engagement from students based on the level of interaction that happens between the student and the teacher. And so a teacher's job in a school, in a school system, their number one priority is to drive the best learning outcomes possible. And so just being able to facilitate that, it's it's just a, a source of great pride for us. We hope at some point we'll be able to look back and say, hey, look at this school district. You know, over the last 10 years, their scores went up, their graduation rate went up, you know, their number of students going on to college went up. Um, we're certainly not going to take credit for it. But if we're helping teachers being able to achieve those goals that they're trying to achieve, we think that that's just great. Um, I always have this great little story about when we first started coming into the education business, we went to this show called ISTE, um, which is here in the United States. And it's a technology and education show. And we had a number of customers that had done big deployments. And throughout the show, we had teachers coming up to the booth and literally saying, I love your technology. You can't imagine how this has changed the way I do my job. Um, but just really was just profound. And it just, it's really nice to be part of something that's meaningful. And if you take that and then traverse over into the workplace. At the end of the day, what we're trying to do is we're trying to facilitate people working together. And so by being able to not only make it easy for them to connect, that's expected, that's what it should be. But them having that mobility and giving them the ability to interact. I mean, the cool things in the technology now, it's not just about display, you know, you support touch screens and so you can collaborate and annotate at the front of the room and do all sorts of stuff. As a presenter, you might be able to tell I'm probably pretty animated. 
And so I love running around the room. <laughs> and maybe there's somebody at the other side of the meeting room that's got their mobile phone out. And they're not, I don't have their complete attention. I don't have to say anything to them. I can keep presenting and walk and stand behind them as I'm presenting. <laughs> this poor shy person in the back of the room thinking, oh my gosh, don't call on me. Just like in school. Well, I am excited for our future discussions on this podcast series. I think it's going to be full of great stories, great guests, and great content. Mike, thanks so much for joining me. Absolutely. It's been a blast. And thank you for listening to this episode of Collaborative Tech Talk, brought to you by Screen Beam. 